Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And as always, we have a special guest today. Emery, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, I will introduce the special guest. So today's special guest, Kelly Jones. She is chairperson of the Bellwood and Brooklawn Ambassador Council. And Ambassador Council is essentially a junior board of young professionals. And she's got an exciting event coming up as well. Kelly, do you mind just giving us a little rundown quickly of the event? Sure. Um, so the Ambassador Council is housed under an organization known as Seven Counties that a lot of you guys um, may have heard of before or be familiar with. And we have an event coming up on September 10th called Semicolon. It's going to be a virtual event through Facebook. It's going to be completely free to attend from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. on September 10th, which is um, World Suicide Prevention Day. And, yeah, I look forward to talking to you guys about that today. Sounds good. Thank cool. you, Kelly. Welcome. Yes, welcome. And I I went to the in-person event last year. It's inaugural year, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So, like, anyone who lives in Louisville or even lives outside of Louisville, it was a great event, and it's just cool to hear all these speakers, like, sharing their stories. Because it's a storytelling event about suicide, suicide prevention, yes, suicide and, awareness, essentially. Yes, and struggles with mental health. And we'll have um, storytellers like we did last year, um, this year virtually, talking about their firsthand experiences with mental health issues, firsthand struggles um, with suicidal thoughts, etc., yeah. And then you said that the organizations you work with are specifically youth. So it's like seven counties serves adults mm-hmm. in various capacities. Like yes. there's one that a branch that deals with like severe mental illness. There's one that deals with like developmental disabilities. Like yes. there's a ton of different branches. So mm-hmm. you work with people who are kind of in that at risk area. Yeah. So seven counties is a community mental health center. They offer a range of mental and behavioral health and substance abuse treatment programs. Um, They actually work with more than 34,000 individuals in our region. And they help people build on their individual strengths to get them onto the other side of their illnesses, challenges, or situations um, so that they can move forward and live a meaningful and purposeful life. The Ambassador Council that I am a part of, it's specifically called the Bellwood and Brookline Ambassador Council, and we work primarily with at-risk youth in the city, so primarily just you know, children up to the age of 18 and then um, seven counties kind of kicks in after that and, you know, works with all ages of people. Very cool. Very, very cool. There's our introductions, but I got to get down to business. Oh, yeah. So I was trying to launch right ahead. I forgot about the business. Cannot forget about the business. We are Two Nuts in a Pod. And you can find us here, of course, on the radio, 106.5 Forward Radio. You can also listen to us on forwardradio.org anytime. Literally any time you want, you can listen to us on forwardradio.org. You can find us on social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Two Nuts in a Pod spelled out with the number two, T-W-O. 
Yes, it's how you spell two. <laughs> I got confused for a second. And then Instagram is the number two, two nuts in a pod. You can also email us at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, concerns, want to write fan mail, whatever you want, we'll try to answer in a timely fashion. And of course, you can find us on streaming services Google Play, Castbox, SoundCloud, and Apple Music, iTunes. Uh, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. I just threw every word I could in there. <laughs> you know, I was doing a pretty good job with the business part, and I was really on a roll. And then I got to the Apple Podcast part, and I just said everything I could think to say. So that was kind of a... It was like a word association exercise. <laughs> just throw all the words in there. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you can find us on so many different uh, services. And, yeah, that's the business. Coolio. Got it down. So next we're going to start our segment, How Are You For Real? So the idea with this is that usually when people ask you that question, they are being a little disingenuous. Like they don't, they kind of just want you to say fine and move on with their day. But we actually want to hear the real stuff. We want to actually know how you're doing. Should we do Um, like a role play of how that works? Like the traditional way of how, how are you feeling? Yeah, like, uh, Emery, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Good to see you. Yeah, great to see you. Great to hear so much detail about your life. That good (laughs) just captured, okay, just captured everything. Mm -hmm. I thought I would provide a lot of detail to you about how I'm doing all around, you know, during this coronavirus and during all of these things happening. I just wanted to give you a full picture of how I'm doing, and I'm doing good. I saw it, yeah. yeah. I saw that that visual, I almost said visual picture. <laughs> I saw that image you were giving me. Uh, so yeah, we're not doing that. We're that actually, was good role play though. We did a really good job yeah, acting. Yeah. yeah, we should be actors probably. We should be actors. <laughs> Any agents out there? Um, we're, pr- we're pretty cute. You could put us on TV. We're all right looking. You can email us yeah. at two nuts at a podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All agents send emails that way. <laughs> And we expect there will be many. Yeah. So maybe let's start with Kelly. How are you for real? Sure. So I think that role play was awesome. <laughs> Got to start there. Thank you. That's, Gotta that's say. really nice. Thank you. Um, Yeah, and that's usually how it goes, right? So personally, I've got to say, while I've been doing that a lot in 2020, yeah, not so, not so fine, right? For a lot of us, especially now in 2020. So I personally struggle with, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, um, which I think a lot of people uh, struggle with. And 2020 has been a killer for that. It's made it a lot worse uh, for me personally, at least, and for a lot of people, I think. And, you know, uh, so so that's been a struggle. Also, just struggling with Um, An overwhelming amount of feelings, which I think a lot of other people are as well. You know, I have been very grateful and very thankful because I've been very blessed this year to have a job that allows me to work from home, um, which a lot of people, you know, have not had that luxury. So personally, I've been grateful and thankful, but then I struggle with guilt over, you know, having um, that luxury while so many people don't. Um, I'm struggling with a lot of anger and sadness in 2020. Again, something that I think many of us are struggling with, with all of the 
well, everything that's happening, you know, the fight for social justice, the fight for equality in our country, the very big election that's coming up. And we all have like lots of feelings about all of these things. And, you know, it's a lot. It feels a little bit overwhelming. All right. So, Emery, how are you for real? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> well, it's over. Uh, I am feeling relieved and at ease. Yes. And I would say uh, relieved, obviously struggling with anxiety with, you know, I'm vaguely gesturing to all the world around me. Uh, but I, working with my boss closely to determine like a very specific schedule for projects that I'm working on, and that brings a lot of relief and ease to me, to my mind. And then I also made the decision to do, it's kind of like clean days that I call them, where I basically like, I'll cut off like certain, you know, like uses, usages of certain things. So like social media or like streaming services or anything like that. I'll just like cut it off for a day or something like that. And one thing that I did, I had done this on my Facebook because I only have Facebook. I don't do the Instagram world, but Facebook, I had followed all these like news sites and things like that. And I decided to unfollow all of them. And then I later, because I would get emails and notifications on my phone, I uh, got rid of the notifications on my phone and uh, unsubscribed to all the emails. And I'll, I'm going to, my plan is to resubscribe after the election. And people will be like, oh my God, Emory, how are you going to be informed? And I will easily be informed because if I get on Facebook, people are going to be talking about things. And it just, I just needed a break. Like I've worked in journalism before and I've been a news junkie and I consume a lot of news and I feel like I always have so much information in my head. A lot of times I just don't share it or don't talk about it, but just there sitting there and I consume so much of it. And honestly, it's just exhausting. And I thought, you know what? I just want to just shut that up for a little bit. So it's just a few months of just, just shut it up for a little bit. I'm in, you know, I have a lot of friends who are very involved and very connected. I stay connected with certain groups. So it's not like I'm going to miss everything. And, you know, for news, I don't need to know that moment. You know, it's like our news is so 24-7 centered and, you know, it's immediacy. And it's just like I honestly don't need to know. And a lot of times when news hits, it's not the full story. So it's like, boom, breaking news. And you only know bits and pieces. And then you are consumed by finding out the rest of that story and engaging in the conversations centered around that story. And then when you think about it, all those news organizations and all those social media platforms, they're in the business to keep your attention. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's how they're going to make money. They're going to keep your attention. And they're really, really good at it. Yeah. And we forget how good they are at it. And so I just avoiding comment sections, you know, unsubscribing from newsletters, unfollowing certain things. And it's just like, I just need some peace of mind for a little while. And I'm going to read a lot of books. I'm going to hang, I'm going to do my little walk, walk and talks with friends. And that's what I'm going to do. I just, I don't want to be consumed by that. And especially leading with 2020 being the way it is with the civil unrest and then with the upcoming election, which is a thing. I just I just need some space. I already know who I'm going to vote for. I already know my plans for that. I don't need anyone to convince me. <laughs> There's not much you can do to change my mind now. Yeah. Donald um, Trump, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's joking, everyone. <laughs> uh, so just, yeah, I, I, I know where I stand on those issues, so it's, it's not something that I really need extra convincing for. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tune out for a little bit. 
and I think that's okay. I think uh, just, and especially working in the world of news before, I just was so consumed by it that it, it's like, oh, wait, is that one of my hobbies? Is one of my hobbies literally reading the news? Gosh, that makes you feel like such a grown-up. It's uh, like, oh, like there with your newspaper and your coffee. I'm going to read the newspaper today. <laughs> yeah. And like, except it's not even that. It's like just looking online. So it's my eyes fixated on a screen when I could go outside. It's my eyes fixated on a screen when I could go outside and talk to a friend and go on a walk with a friend and do something active. And so that's what I would rather do right now, and I find that that's when I'm the happiest. I find my mood significantly decreasing because I've started to do mood checks where I'm just like randomly check in and be like, how am I feeling? And I'll just be like, I don't know why I changed the voice there. <laughs> that's your internal monologue. Yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> and it's like usually my mood is pretty low when I'm reading the news or just looking at like comment sections because those are always just a cesspool. And I just want to avoid doing that. So that's what I decided to do. So that's brought some relief, made, put my mind at ease. So, yeah. That's I like I that for you. Because awesome. I feel like you are so plugged in, like more than anyone I know. Yeah. And you don't have to be to know what's going on, like you said. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm kind of the opposite way. Like, I will try to, like, download news apps and then I'll just do it for a couple of days and then forget but my husband's like really into the news, mm-hmm. and so I'll just be a little, talk to him, be like, "Hey, what's going on in the world?" And he'll he'll give me the bullet points. I'm like, "Cool, all right, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love all of that. Um, I think unplugging is that level of unplugging is so important because, mm-hmm. like you said, our news cycle and our access to the news is so 24 seven now. It would be different if. You know, this were 20 years ago and all we did was read the newspaper each day because then you get your news in the morning and you don't really hear about much until the next day again. But right now, everything's so 24 hours. You don't have those commentators either. Like, you're not like you don't read a newspaper article and then like below it is like 4000 comments about it. And you're just like, okay, well, this is just just awful to read (laughs) and just, you know, puts like no faith in humanity. So, like, you know, there's there's even like stories that I would read that would pop up on like a BuzzFeed article and it'd be like, these are the craziest things people said on Twitter about this story. And I'm just like, I do not care. That means like maybe 12,000 people said something positive and 15 people said something negative And we made a story about the negative part. And I'm just like, okay, True. there's some people out there that are always going to say something negative about even something that's amazing and beautiful. Like it just happens. We got to move on though. Like I don't want to consume that news because then I click on it and then BuzzFeed's like, hmm, Emery likes this story. Let's give him more of those stories all the time. Yeah. And I don't want that. So. And you can't read it at all. You cannot there's read it at all. There's not enough time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a vicious cycle of negativity at mm-hmm. that point. They're like, here are some more negative things for you to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to bring your mood further down. <laughs> yeah, like we need that right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking for the positive and the fun and the interactive and the active. So that's what I'll be doing. Cool. So if people ask me what's going on, I'll be like, I literally don't know. I, I, sorry, I don't know. Yeah. I Welcome love, to my world. Yeah, I love that. Like you were saying, your husband's like very plugged into everything. Two of my best friends are just so smart. They always know everything that's going on um, in the world. And I've been attempting to unplug somewhat from, you know, just news and especially political news right now. And um, there have been a few times where, you know, they'll text me something and I'm like, I don't even know who that person is. 
<laughs> and I'll have to Google, you know, what are they even talking about? Someone said something. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm trying to stay unplugged, which sometimes may make me feel sort of like a political dummy. And um, I know no one who's listening to me right now knows me, but I actually have a political science degree. So at <laughs> one point I was very into uh, politics. Uh, but now for my mental health, um, I'm trying to stay a little bit little bit less plugged in yeah Yeah. give myself some space because especially like you were saying with the and i mentioned this earlier big election year and a lot of stuff going on with that and it's not fun to read it's not fun to read about so yeah you'll see people post about like oh my god donald trump said this and i'm just like he says a lot of things and he says a lot of things that are outrageous like yeah yeah okay we've been doing this for four years now it's like this isn't a thing anymore so yeah i've got like outrage fatigue like i just i can't feel that feeling anymore because the way you just said that i love that because i've heard of like compassion fatigue before people who like work in hospitals and stuff but yeah i think we as a like at least in america because of how our politics have worked like you know that's kind of how we're feeling. I don't even remember what I said. Outrage, uh, fatigue. outrage, fatigue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we, we can't. You're so tired. You can't I, uh, we can't be surprised anymore. I banked that one. I'm going to use that later. Yeah, do it. Because <laughs> I'm. As soon as you said that, I was like, "It me." Yeah, yeah. Me too. So, Lizzie, how are you feeling for real? Uh, thank you for asking. You're welcome. I am. <laughs> Do I kind of have like a mixed bag today? Like mm-hmm. I went to my sister's gender reveal party for her baby yesterday. Hey yo! And uh, it was really fun. It was like a big surprise. Like a lot of us thought it was going to be a girl, and then they like blew this confetti out of a fan a cannon, and it was blue. Yeah. And everyone's like, "What?" So like she told my mom was the only person who knew ahead of time. Mm. So like you take the little confetti cannons and like you put a sticker over the pink or blue dot and then she gives it to them and then so they didn't know until that moment either yeah uh so that was really fun and i got to see some friends and yeah so i'm feeling kind of feeling a glow from that like i'm really excited my older sister just had a boy and now my younger sister's having a boy so they're gonna be like best friends (laughs) but more generally i've noticed something lately where I know I've talked about comparisonitis on the show before. Like, I have it really bad. And a lot of it's just, like, low self-esteem from my depression. And um, lately I've been feeling a lot of jealousy toward... And it can happen towards anyone. Like, anyone who I think is more attractive than me, has their life more together than me, has more money than me. Like, I... Like, doesn't have mental health issues like I have. And... I will really just make myself feel so small and I'm trying to get myself out of it. Like I'm trying to tell myself like it's apples and oranges. Like don't bother comparing yourself to other people. Like I just can't see it, but you know, there are people who feel that way about me too. Like, you know, I've got stuff going on. I've got stuff. So it's like, I need to learn how to see that stuff and be more confident because my confidence is just garbage. I have some days where I'm, like, almost overconfident if my mood is high, but those are so rare. It's usually just, and I've had this since I was younger, like, I just, I don't see, I can't see myself clearly. Like, yeah. some of that is, like, definitely some body dysmorphia, and I've I've had some disordered eating in the past, so I'll, like, see a picture of myself, and it's unflattering, and it'll just, like, 
really put me in like a dark place. Just, you know, yeah. So triggering, especially like as a female where that's ingrained from such a young age. Yeah. That being pretty is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Your worth is that's your currency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even though I have lived my life, not making that my currency, right? Like I specifically wanted to be like the smart friend and the funny friend. Like I didn't need to be the, like the hottest person, like an influencer level hot or something. Like people don't need that for me. But as soon as I see other people who that's kind of their power, that's how they're being in the world. It makes me like, well, why aren't I that way? Yeah. Mm. And it just makes me jealous. I feel that a lot too. Like, even though, like you said, you've spent a lot of your life, making that not your currency and i've tried to do that as well and i think we all try to do that but for females i think it's really ingrained in us and unfortunately it's it's deep down in there some somewhere yeah because it is just ingrained from the time that we're children this is what makes you worthy or whatever yeah and i think we all have like a middle schooler inside of us so i'm not 34 i have almost three 12 year olds in my body yeah and <laughs> they're all still super insecure and they still feel lanky and awkward and yeah like stuff changes and you mature but you still have these like vulnerable parts of yourself that you take from like different periods of your life that i think kind of stick with you maybe Absolutely. maybe by the time i'm like in my 50s like I won't feel it like I feel it less and less as I get older yeah I can have more distance from it like intellectual distance from it but it's still it'll just catch me off guard and I'll be in that middle school place again where I yeah just feel crappy about myself so hopefully this is just a brief period it's been going on for I think a couple weeks really and um, I'm just gonna try to Focus on what I have going on because yeah. I got stuff going on. Yeah, I uh, I think I had a jealousy feeling. Well, I think I told you before that jealousy is just such a feeling that I'm not familiar with. I, I, I rarely feel it, and I felt it. And not like, you know, like, oh, I'm so great and wonderful. I don't feel jealousy for anyone. No, it's just like it's just not a feeling that pops up a lot for me. And I had it recently, and it was so uncomfortable for me. And then I felt really guilty because I was like, well, I don't. It's like makes me envy and kind of angry with this person, but I'm not angry with this person. I just like want what they have. I want that. Mm-hmm. And it just, I wondered how like that made you feel like if it was like, you know, like kind of an anger or bitterness towards that person or if it's just like that idea or what it was exactly. Mine comes up as I'm not good enough to even talk to this person. Why do they even like me? Like I'm so mm-hmm. much worse than them. And it'll happen with people I'm close with. And even like with family members, I'll be like, well, they just love me unconditionally, even though I'm terrible or like, that's how it shows up is like this shrinking away of like, I'm kind of like in awe of that person. It's really, it starts with admiring someone and seeing their unique strengths. And then somehow that turns in on itself and Mm -hmm. it becomes about things that I don't have or don't think I have. Um, but it it really doesn't. It usually comes out of admiration rather than like bitterness or anger. Okay. I'm just like, wow, that per- that human is amazing, but I can't see myself that way. Mm. That's yeah. what I need to do is see myself that way. Like, you know, do some journaling of like, let's talk about the ways I'm amazing. Yeah, 
I struggle with that a lot too with like imposter syndrome. I just feel like, I mean, even being here today, I was like, you guys want me to come talk on me? <laughs> Aren't there like a bunch of other people that could come do this? Better people is, is just mentally how, like you said, you like admire someone. I don't personally typically feel jealousy. I just feel like, wow, they're so much better than me. How, how would I ever obtain that level? I probably couldn't because I'm just me. Yeah. There's like a hopelessness that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is really, it's related to imposter syndrome Yeah, because you think you can never get to that level. Yeah. I feel that way a lot. You know, like I, I like to be involved. I like to volunteer with things and, and, you know, get out and do what I can as a person to try to make the world a little bit better. But I struggle constantly with that feeling of, but I'm, but I'm only me. So what could I do? Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. tricked them enough right. that they think I know what I'm doing. Right. But yeah, I don't belong here. It's yeah. kind of that imposter feeling. Yeah, I feel that I don't belong here. I feel that a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody does to an extent, but that's one of those things too, that I think for women and marginalized people, it, it gets multiplied. Yeah. Because you have the whole culture telling you that you don't belong in yeah. certain spaces. And so that adds to it even more like yeah. that natural tendency becomes like, yeah. And so whenever I see someone who, who at least appears on the surface to be so confident or be so put together, like you said, that sort of influencer level, you know, attractiveness or their business is so great and so put together and flourishing, and social media does that to us a lot, too. So, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Emery, like maybe unplugging a little bit can really, really help with that because we just see these images and these stories and these comments all day, every day, which social media is is exactly that. It's just a surface, you know, image that we're seeing or something. But I'll see that and think to myself, like, wow, this person, I could never be that or... I would never belong in the same room as that person. So I totally feel you on, you know, trying to work on that. I like what you said about maybe journaling or something. Maybe I should start that. Or maybe like I've been on Instagram. I've been kind of quiet the past few months. Like I haven't really been posting. I've just been looking at other people's stuff. And so it's kind of like minimizing myself too. Like my stuff doesn't matter. Like, and it started with the protest where I just felt like unless I have something to add to the conversation, I just don't want to say anything. And I would just see other people's posts and I'd agree with them, but I wasn't creating content about it. And so then I, I kind of stopped posting and maybe that's one thing I can do is like, if I'm going to be participating on Instagram, like, post my stuff too yeah. and actually like feel good about it. And cause that's what makes you feel connected. I think on social media, if you're sharing yeah. as well as seeing what other people are doing and your, yeah. fr- your friends like to hear from you, yeah. you know, it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Lizzie's doing this. This is cool. It's just like, I think of like, uh, Kelly, you were asking how did this show start? And it started yeah. because Lizzie made a Facebook post and she asked, she was talking about blogging or podcast. And I was like, immediately just text her, like, let's do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's, and you know, without putting that out there, you never know what can happen with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. I didn't even think, make that connection that that's how this all started. Mm-hmm. Me sharing on social media. So I need to do it more. 
Well, thanks for sharing. Yep. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more with Kelly. All right. BRB. Two Nuts in a Pot is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. So we're back. Hey we guys. missed you. Yeah, we really missed you guys. Yeah, that was a really tough like minute away. Yeah, it was the longest minute of my life. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> it was painfully long. <laughs> So um, let's talk a little bit more about the semicolon event. So you said September 10th? Yes, September 10th. Um, it's going to be a virtual event through Facebook. So if you get on Facebook and just search for seven counties, you'll be able to find the event page and see all of the information there as well. Um, it's going to be an hour-long event, free to attend. If you need the web address, it's facebook.com backslash seven counties, um, seven spelled out. Sorry, I just wanted to laugh because I was just like, I thought you were just going to be like, it's facebook.com. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It's a back- little quaint company called Facebook. I don't little, know if you've heard of it. Maybe a little startup. Yeah. If y'all haven't heard of it, Facebook. Um, no, it's backslash uh, seven counties. If you want to, you know, know the exact address. Yeah, so September 10th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., you know, just virtual event, free to attend. We're going to have, um, like we mentioned early, earlier, storytellers talking about their personal, firsthand experiences with mental illness. And, you know, we're going to discuss suicide, um, suicide prevention. We'll discuss some of what Seven Counties does and different Um, resources that they have for everybody yeah so and and um, as you mentioned earlier we did the event last year last year of course it was in person so a little bit different but this will be the second year that we're doing the event last year um, it was really awesome Um, you know the stories are so meaningful and so many of us you know, deal with mental health issues or um, suicidal thoughts or what have you. So it's really impactful to be able to just listen to people tell their stories and, you know, just know that um, there are other people out there and you can see yourself in these stories and learn about resources through seven counties. Also just, you know, it's referring to the punctuation of a semicolon as well. It's not the end Right. Uh, it's not a period. It doesn't end the sentence. So just like with with these stories, you know, it's individuals a lot of times that have struggled with suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation or a suicide attempt. And it just shows that it's it's not the end. So right. And September is National Suicide Awareness Prevention Month. So um, and that's why we're doing it on September 10th to bring more more awareness to that. 
and um, seven counties during the event will be discussing their zero suicide initiatives and all of the resources available from them and other organizations in the community. So awesome. And I saw numbers that were sent in uh, as far as suicide numbers just in Kentucky, I think are, you know, 600 people a year. And I actually, I actually thought it was more than that. So it's, it's less than I thought, but it's still, you know, this is, this is why it's also important to share these stories. So individuals, as Kelly said, don't feel so alone and feel some sort of connection because you have no idea what someone's going through in life. You have no idea what, you know, these type of stories will impact them. Um, so I think it's very valuable and it's, you know, awesome to have individuals come up and tell those stories Mm -hmm. and can be incredibly impactful and touching for individuals. Well, and people like bear their souls. That's what I really appreciated last year is that people were, they got up there and they were so just like open and vulnerable and it made me want to like get up on the stage with them. Like, yeah, I might end up being one of the speakers this year. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, th- I think I'm speaking. Yeah. Cool. So. Awesome. Join Lizzie. We could do it together. Yeah. <laughs> please tag <too>. you. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kelly, for sharing that. And so obviously with your, and and we had talked before about you being the chairperson of, of Bellwood and Brooklawn's Ambassador Council, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a junior board right. um, of young professionals. And so obviously you're a very caring individual. So I guess I was kind of curious, like what got you involved with something like semicolon or the Ambassador Council, like especially with such a mental health focus, like kind of like what got you involved yeah. and, and why? Yeah. So I mentioned briefly earlier, um, one of my very close friends, Kason, he actually friend was of the, the show. Yeah, friend, friend of the, the show. show. He was actually the person that got me involved with the Ambassador Council. Um, he was a member at the time, and uh, he and I were kind of just getting to know one another. Our friendship was blossoming, and you know, you have those conversations where you get to really know someone. And and as the conversations got deeper, we um, ended up talking about you know, uh, our, our past, our childhoods, where we grew up, et cetera. And I had a very tumultuous childhood. Um, I actually emancipated myself when I was younger and, and, you know, had very tough living situations. Um, there was a lot of substance abuse in my home, et cetera. And Kason had said to me like, wow, this is what I do. I work with these kids, these this at-risk youth in the city and you know a lot of them are dealing with the same struggles or a lot of them have you know mental health struggles and so they may have been you know removed from their homes or they're living on these campuses where I work which is what Bellwood and Brooklawn are and so he was the one that really got me involved. He was like, it just sounds to me like you would be a good person to like work with these kids. You understand the struggles that they've been through or are going through. And so I was super interested because that really uh, just rang uh, home for me, like since I've been through that myself. And um, so initially with the Ambassador Council, I do a lot of event planning and fundraising and so all of the fundraising and everything just goes straight back to the kids and that was when initially it was youth spiritus and then we um, combined with centerstone and now under the umbrella of seven counties we actually go as i mentioned earlier past you know the age of 18 because seven counties works with people of all ages which is 
just so awesome because, you know, mental health issues don't end at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so, um, it's so awesome to have this organization that helps children all the way through adulthood with these issues. And so I've really loved the opportunity to work with the ambassador council through seven counties so that we're not only doing things that benefit the kids, but also, um, you know, further into adulthood. And so whenever we started working as seven counties, that's when we came up with the semicolon event and, you know, just to bring awareness and talk about prevention of suicide and then talk about struggles with mental health issues. And, and as someone who personally, you know, struggles with mental health issues, it just really meant a lot to me to be able to be involved in that and, um, you know, just bring awareness and allow people to tell their stories or, or give them a platform to tell their stories. Last year it was a ticketed event. So there was still that fundraising aspect. Um, this year we're doing it as a free event because, you know, it's even outside of the fundraising aspect, it's just so important to like tell these stories and, and give people a platform to do that and a platform to join in and hear these stories and learn about resources through seven counties and other organizations in the community. I, th- I really admire that it's, it, it makes it a more inclusive and accessible event because not only is it free of charge, but also, I mean, it's on Facebook. So like so many people can see it because last year's event, you know, you had to buy tickets and there's, you know, there's only so many people that can fit in a building, obviously. Yeah. So it just makes it so much more accessible for more people. So I think that makes it, you know, the potential can be so much more, um, because you can reach such a, a wide audience, but yeah. I also just really respect and admire that, you know, you came into a lot of the work with, you know, adverse childhood experiences and like experiencing trauma. And then you've used that to, you know, help and assist and support others who might be going through similar experiences. So I I respect that a lot, but I also wonder if that's like, if that can be difficult or tricky for you or. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely can. I mean, you know, working on the ambassador council, we don't do a lot of work. I mean, especially right now, 2020 has been a different year in so many ways. Um, But one of the major things about 2020 is, of course, we haven't been able to get together with people the way that we would have previously. Um, So last year, for example, we would get together, you know, one-on-one in person with kids and do, you know, activities with them and things like that. We would have like karaoke nights with the kids and things like that, which is really fun and they love it. Um, This year in 2020, we haven't been able to do that so much. So it's not as much one-on-one work with the children. Um, It's been more sort of behind the scenes, fundraising things, event planning, et cetera. But previously, yeah, I mean, definitely coming from that really, like you said, adverse childhood background, it can be a little triggering sometimes to interact with kids who are, you know, going through these type of things. Maybe they can't be with their parents right now because their parents are struggling with substance abuse issues or mental health issues or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, their their home is just not a safe place for them right now. So, you know thank goodness for places like seven counties and and bellwood and brookline that offer um support for these kids a place for these kids to stay and so much uh goes into these campuses too not only like a place for these kids to stay but you know educational resources mental health resources and then you know things just like making sure they have clothing making sure they have toiletries making sure they have haircuts <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's where like a lot of the fundraising aspects come in 
But yeah, I mean, it it can be difficult, I guess, but it's also so rewarding. It's also so worth it to, you know, give that part of yourself, even though sometimes it can, you know, make me sad or, you know, sort of make me, I guess, depressed to like, you know, think back on those things. But, um, you know, that's what therapy and medication are for. Yes. <laughs> And you yeah. said, too, that you deal with generalized anxiety. Yeah. Has that been, like, your whole life, or is that more of an adult onset kind of thing? I, I think it's been my entire life, you know, looking back and, and, like I said, going to therapy, talking to a therapist about things. You learn, like, oh, I thought this was just something that I did, but that totally is because I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I wasn't diagnosed or didn't start taking medication or anything until adulthood mm-hmm. um, because I just, unfortunately, didn't have the support throughout my childhood to, you know, seek any type of medical treatment or talk to anybody about it. Um, but I think it's it's been always, and I think a lot of that stems from the childhood trauma that I went through. Um, yeah, like you could never feel safe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with a uh, lack of control. I've learned this through therapy. Mm-hmm. Did not realize this until adulthood, but I'm a very type A person. I like to be very organized. I like to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, which makes me great for event planning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I just always thought, oh, I just am a planner or, oh, I'm just really organized. But then when you go to therapy and you actually talk to someone about it, they're, you know, they make you see like, no, you want to control everything because so much of your life was chaos. Mm -hmm. You had no control. You didn't know what was going to happen next. And so that's something I work on with myself a lot, letting go, being more chill, Mm -hmm. (laughs) try to work on that every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I did notice like that you were, because just from our work together, that you were a phenomenal event planner. Like, Thank you. <laughs> I noticed very organized, very tedious, like very aware of like all these different, like, you know, a plan A, plan B, plan C kind of yeah. person. Mm-hmm. So I always really respected, admired that. And I, I did not know, yeah. you know, the background, so yeah. the background story. So it's it's interesting to hear that. And I yeah. admire you for, you know, letting us know. Thank you. Well, I think we, some of us can take it for granted when we did have families that were, you know, functioned well. and didn't deal with some of those issues is that the adults created this environment of safety and of, you know, perceived control. I mean, life is chaos, but they at least pretended for us that it wasn't. And so I just think it must be so, must have been so hard to have that like role reversal where you're the kid who has more of a grip on things than the adults do. Yeah. And they're not protecting you in the ways you want to be protected. Yeah. And as a kid too, you don't realize a lot of it as a, as a young uh, child. I mean, the older you get, the more and more you realize every day, but going to college, for example, people that I was in college with, they'd never done laundry before. (laughs) You know, they didn't know how to work a washing machine. And I was like, what do you mean? I started doing my own laundry at eight. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not a normal thing? Was that, did everyone not do that? Yeah. <laughs> and wow. as an adult, you learn like, no, <laughs> your yeah. parents should have been doing that for you. But yeah, you know, it's, yeah. Like you said, I mean, life is chaos. I mean, now that we're all adults, 
we know that. But, you know, if you have a child in your life, that's your job as as the adult, as the parent to, uh, you know, make their life as good or as easy or as uh, non-chaotic as possible, as structured as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what I think Seven Counties tries to help people with and Bellwood and Brookline try to help the kids with is, um, you know, structure um, and, you know, learning learning to get to the other side of how do you live that good and productive and just happy life with your mental illness or with your issues, whatever they may be, substance abuse issues. They have programs for that, programs for, you know, so many challenges that that people face and really just trying to help people get to the other side of that. Wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. That is great. So gratitudes. Oh, yeah, we can do gratitudes. Okay, cool. I haven't even thought of mine yet, so... I I can do mine. Cool. If you want to think of yours, yeah. (laughs) Hello. Hello. So, Gratitudes, uh, this is one of our newer segments. And basically, it's just, you know, gives us a little bit of time for two or three things that we're just feeling grateful for. Yeah, let's do it. And so, my Gratitudes, uh, I'm grateful for adult friends... (laughs) Yes, I have all these children as friends. (laughs) No, I was just thinking, like, the older I get, there's... I I went to a thing earlier today, and it was with several friends. You know, we were obviously social distance. We're outside. You know, we're very careful. But just, like, how prepared people were and how much, like... You know, I think of, like, if I'm my early 20s, like, how people, like, just don't bring anything. Or, like, you know, if you're thinking of, like, being a kid, like, it's just, you know, somebody else brings it for you. But, like, these adults are, like, bringing the food and bringing the snacks and checking in and just being super considerate and everything and like you know it just it makes it so much easier it's like a very much like community team effort and i really like that so it's not all placed on like the host to like do everything you know it's a so it just was you know just a little thing to see like adult friends are just we're adulting and doing okay and we're able to stay as friends but also like you know it's just uh yeah, that's 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 one of them. Uh, <laughs> the second one is I'm. <laughs> this one is so weird. Uh, I'm grateful for little critters. <laughs> what I mean by that? Now I don't mean animals, even though I do love animals. I love animals because I was at this thing earlier, and there was a little dog, and it was a little uh, Yorkie. And that dog, Aww. good lord, that dog was so cute and friendly, and just had like the sweetest face. But I actually. I downloaded this song recently. Um, it's from David Bowie and the Labyrinth movie. It's called Magic Dance. And if anyone's anyone's seen the Labyrinth, <laughs> they know this. And like, it's got some like the critters' voices, the characters, and like puppets. And so like, I don't know if I've told you this, Lizzie, but I'm a very much like for like horror movies. I love creature features, uh, okay. creatures, critters, little like animals, like voices, all those things. Like, I love that stuff, and I've loved that since childhood. And sometimes, like, if you give me a few drinks i might do those voices like because i like to do that stuff but i because even as a kid i was like ooh, i would be really good at doing like voices for movies and like changing all these little different creature voices animated yeah Yeah. like i always really respected that and that's why i still love watching animated movies because i'm just like yeah i love i love especially when you know like an actor can do so many different voices and it just i don't know for some reason it always like amuses me but it's like nostalgic as well and heartwarming and like i 
just always loved it. And I just thought of like the characters in the labyrinth and like, you know, the puppet masters and how they're controlling them and doing the voices and everything. I was just like, God, I love that so much. I I can't do the creation of those puppets, but I can like think of them and I can think of the voices and it's just like a sweet, weird little thing. And I was just listening to that song being like, I love little creatures and critters. <laughs> yeah, I hear you do voices. Whenever you see our dog, you have like this high pitch yeah. like, Hey yeah. Can you do it? How- do you remember what you do? I don't know what I do. I have to be in the I moment. think you're like, something like that. It's very much like little and creature she gets so critter voices. Up. And like, if but someone hears it, like, if you hear it, they'll be like, oh, is, he like, is it like baby talk? It's like, no, no, no. It's not the baby talk. It's like, it's like I, if I was like a character in an animated movie yeah. and I had some like weird, funky, silly voice and like I do that all the time. And so my roommate, Brennan, he hears it often because I'll just like, you know, blurt it out randomly or whatever because it's just, you know, you're just a couple of weirdos. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's for some reason, it just like brings a lot of like warm feelings for me and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I'm grateful for everyone that has created those weird little critters and creatures that have inspired me throughout my life. Nice. That's a great one. I don't want to follow that. Those are two very different gratitude <laughs> things that I just had. Yeah. Adult friends and critters and, and creatures. Critters. <laughs> Kelly, do you want to go before me? Do you have yours figured out? I'm still um, brainstorming. Sure. sure. So, I'm being um, bad at great gratitude today. I actually don't have anything prepared, but I'll just pull some stuff out here. So I am grateful and very thankful for... Uh, my family, I guess my small little family, my husband and my dog, you got, you were just mentioning your dog. And of course, immediately my puppy pops into my head, a little French bulldog named Batman. I love French bulldogs. Batman Batman the Frenchie. (laughs) Yes. And he's very lovable. And of course, you know, we haven't been able to go out and live life normally the way we would have um, in 2020. So my husband and I have been taking Batman on lots of walks, which has been awesome, just walking around our neighborhood. And I think I'm just very thankful to live in Louisville. I'm not from here, but we live in the Shelby Park neighborhood, and we love our neighborhood so much. And there are so many, like, awesome murals and awesome public art pieces in Louisville. So I'm really um, grateful for that, to be able to you know, just walk around and see all of that stuff and experience all of that every day. Um, I just feel really lucky to live here and have access to all of that and to have my uh, husband and my little dog with me. Yeah. (laughs) So Batman, Batman, (laughs) Batman, the French. Does he have an Insta account that I can follow? He he does. We created an Instagram account for him, you know, so, some time ago, a couple of years ago or something. But I will admit, uh, we never updated. We never post on there. We should because he's very cute. Yeah. Um, I could show you the many photos of him from my phone, though. Yeah, we'll do a little dog <laughs> I have picture trading so after many. this. Yes, please. I love dogs so much. I'm, and now my I first want Emery dog. to meet Batman so he can make a voice. <laughs> voice. The Batman yeah. voice. Yeah, I we do, need to, I do talk very differently. To we dogs. need to set yeah. this up. I need to see this happening. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Batman could be on the show. It's Emery as Batman. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. The French Bulldog Batman. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so cute. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. those. 
All right, my turn. So I was thinking I finished a book today, and reading is basically my only hobby. Like when you have to like, my, when you have to fill out like Your those hobbies, yeah. those forms at like d- the doctor's office. It's like hobbies. I was like, why? It's like a quiz. I'm like, what? You're just pointing out to me why my my life sucks. I'm like, I don't know, watching TV, being depressed, like. <laughs> I don't have hobbies. <laughs> well, you'll just immediately cross out the IES and just put a Y be like, just reading. <laughs> just one hobby. I'll, but so I'll usually like be like reading, hiking, even though I haven't hiked in like <laughs> a year and a half. Or, um, Wait, hold on. oh, I say photography because I take pictures with my camera, with my phone. One time I filled out those and I was like, I was, I think I was trying to impress the, uh, teacher's assistant because I had a crush on her and this was like in college and they asked my hobbies and I put like, I put snowboarding, which I like rarely go snowboarding. Yeah, who's going to test you But about I also that. put skydiving. <laughs> I put skydiving, and I've never been skydiving. I was like, yeah, I'll probably go, and I'm sure I'll be into it. But, like, what kind of hobby is skydiving? And also, like, how stupid am I was, like, when I was, like, 19 or 20 and be like, I'm totally going to impress this DA yeah. and say that my hobby is skydiving. I also play the guitar, um, <laughs> look soulfully into other people's eyes. <laughs> Great at voices. Yeah. Creature voices. Creature voices. <laughs> But yeah, so reading is the only hobby that's really stuck, but it got me through a childhood of like having really bad social anxiety and depression. And so my husband makes fun of me because every time I get to the end of the book, I start getting sad. Yeah. And he's like, you're just going to get another book. It's okay. You'll get a book and you'll be fine. But I feel like it's like I'm losing a security blanket when I have to leave those characters. And I mostly read fiction. And it's just, it really, it stops my depressive and anxious thoughts. Like, it's pretty much the only thing that does. Like, TV can be a minor distraction, but it's not as, like, all-consuming as reading. Reading, you have to focus so much more, and that kind of gets me out of that, like, negative, like, ruminating space. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that I thought of is kind of when we were talking off-air about food and how much we love food... It's like always that has also always been a source of comfort and like creativity and like I I haven't been cooking as much recently because I've just not been feeling great. So my husband's been doing more of it. But like um, I love getting delicious food and I love I usually I love making delicious food and hopefully I'll be get back around to that when I'm, you know, not so out of whack, I think my meds are finally working so i'm hoping like i think i found the magic cocktail now yeah that's working you've been doing better lately too yeah just notice yeah good i I like when people tell me they can notice that Mm -hmm. cool so that's that's mine mine are short um those are both great though reading and good food yeah yeah and those are like two perfect things for 2022 because you can do both of those just right in your own home exactly (laughs) yeah um okay so guys we are out of time unfortunately but kelly thank you so much for coming on the show it's been so interesting semicolon events september 10th yes facebook live yes check it out people it's gonna be good 30 to 7 30 yes okay emory will be on there you might see me who knows yeah, see if I get the courage up. Might do a creature voice for you. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And don't forget, two nuts in a pod, 1065 4radio, 4radio.org. 
Google Play, CastBox, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. I got it. You got it. Facebook and Instagram. All right. Well, keep talking about your feelings, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas. 